Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This episode will talk about a portion of Section 84 and what portion that will be. I'm going to be honest, at this point, I don't know. Um, because part of me wants to maybe just break it into half. The other part of me maybe wants to talk about all of it except for the oath and covenant of the priesthood and have just a, uh, an episode about that. Uh, and I'm going to kind of just see where things go. I kind of am prepared for either way. So hold on and let's uh, see where this takes us. So I've already mentioned in the introductory episode a little bit of background information about this section. It's given over two days in September 1832. And this section is chock full of doctrinal insights. Um, it starts off with, uh, in verse, really, I mean, it starts off in verse 1 the same way uh, that a lot of them start with an affirmation of where these this revelation is coming from, from Jesus Christ. Um, verse 2, we get into Mount Zion and the city of New Jerusalem. Joseph Smith, in translating the Book of Mormon, reading in Ether, learns that there will be a New Jerusalem built and that it will be in the American continent, on the American continent. And so as we discuss and as you read about the city of New Jerusalem, know that that is Zion. That is um, what that means. And there's uh, old Jerusalem, the original Jerusalem. There'll be t- these two capitals uh, built up in the last days um, that will exist when the Lord, uh, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ reigns. So how will the new Jerusalem be built? Well, verse four says, Verily, this is the word of the Lord, that the city of new Jerusalem shall be built by the gathering of the saints. Beginning at this place, even the place of the temple, which temple shall be reared in this generation. Okay. There's a lot going on in verse 4. So let's start with New Jerusalem being built by the gathering of the saints. What does President Nelson focus on? The gathering of Israel. Letting God prevail in your life. Letting God prevail in your family's life. To be gathered. The gathering and building, the gathering of Zion and the building up of Zion gathering of Israel and the building up of Zion, those are the same thing. Zion is built by the gathering. Um, in a later revelation, we learn, and this is from section 115, that the gathering exists and, and we gather upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes for, for a defense from the, the calamities of the last days. Section 115 says that it was for a defense and for a, res- a refuge from the storm and from the wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole earth. Section 45, which we studied a, a few weeks back, described Zion as a, a, a land of peace, a city of refuge, a place of safety for the saints of the Most High God. Uh, and the scriptures teach us that gathering of the saints of Zion and her stakes will be the means by which God preserves us. That's how we're preserved in the last days, is by the strength of being gathered in one. Uh, The prophet Joseph Smith said, 
We ought to have the building up of Zion as our greatest object. When wars come, we shall have to flee to Zion. The cry is to make haste. The last revelation says, You shall not have time to have gone over the earth until these things come. It will come as as did the cholera, war, fires, and earthquakes, one pestilence after another until the Ancient of Days comes, then judgment will be given to the saints. The time is soon coming when no man will have any peace but in Zion and her stakes. And on another occasion, the prophet taught, Without Zion and a place of deliverance, we must fall. Because the time is near when the sun will be darkened and the moon turned to blood and the stars from heaven fall from heaven and the earth reel to and fro. Then if this the case, and if we are not sanctified and gathered to the places of God has appointed, with all our former professions and our great love for the Bible, we must fall. We cannot stand. We cannot be saved. For God will, will gather out of his saints from the Gentiles and then comes, and then comes desolation and destruction and none can ex- escape except the pure in heart who are gathered. Gathering takes place before the second coming. The gathering is, a pre- is the preparation, or at least a preparation, for the second coming. Well, in section 84, at the, near the end, there's a song that the Lord shares that the, the people will sing uh, when they are gathered unto Zion. And... He says, the Lord hath brought down Zion from above. The Lord hath brought up Zion from beneath. What's going to happen is that the Zion of Enoch, the city of Enoch, will return. He hath brought Zion from above, and he'll bring up Zion from below. How can he bring up Zion if Zion does not exist? Zion, a people unified gathered together, knit together with their hearts and their minds and their purpose as one, must exist. There must be a Zion people to meet the Lord at His coming. Zion doesn't happen after the, the coming of the Lord. Zion is the preparation to receive Him at His coming. Becoming a Zion people is the preparation that we must undertake to be prepared to meet Him. I'm going to read a line here from, uh, well, two, two things from the, the last uh, quotes I read from Joseph Smith. He said, The time is soon coming when no man will have any peace but in Zion and her stakes. And he said, And none can escape the coming calamities except the pure in heart who are gathered. In 2016, President Nelson gave a talk called Price of Priesthood Power. And he said that in a coming day, only the man or woman, and I would say man and woman, also, who have paid the price for priesthood power will be able to keep their family safe now and through eternity. Part of that price is, is allowing yourself to be gathered, and it is the gathering of your family. It is the teaching of the gospel in your home. And if you're single, that means you. It means gather you and then gather others around you. And if you are married with no children, that means gather you and then make sure that your spouse is gathered and, and invite them to be gathered. If you're married and have a family, that means you and your spouse and teaching your children the gospel and then looking outward and gathering others. But the gathering of Zion 
starts and has always started within the walls of your home. That's where the preparation to meet the Lord happens. And here's the best part about it. That whether you meet him in this life or in the next, if you've allowed yourself to be gathered and are a part of Zion, then you'll be prepared to meet him wherever, whenever. We're going to move on to a couple other things mentioned in verse 4. It says that there was a temple to be built in this generation. What does a generation mean? Well, there's a lot of different opinions. Some people say 100 years. Some people say 200 years. Some people say uh, however long a dispensation lasts could be considered a generation. Uh, In some Hebrew readings of, uh, of the Old Testament, when the word generation is used, it actually, some some people believe it means a thousand years. And so it's a very loose thing here. And as, as well as, as any timing mentioned by the Lord ever, really, uh, his timing is not the same as our timing. We'll learn about this next week as we uh, read about section 87 and Joseph Smith prophesying in 1833 of a, of a coming war in the Americas, beginning with the rebellion in South Carolina. Well, that dis, does happen. It did happen, but it happened 30 years after that uh, revelation. And so it's, it's not always our timing and, and what the Lord's timing is rarely line up unless we are in tune with him and his will and, and his revelations to us. And even then, it can be difficult to understand his timing. The second thing is there's going to be a temple built. And this revelation, section 84, is given in Kirtland. And he talks about a temple being built there. But that doesn't happen. Uh, Excuse me. It does happen. Um, I'm, I'm crossing some wires here. So the temple that's being referred to here. So even though the revelation is given in Kirtland, the temple referred to here is a temple to be built in Zion. So that's, sorry, I crossed some wires here. It's not, it's not referencing the Kirtland temple. It's referencing a temple to be built in Jackson County, Missouri, which wasn't built. But the Lord excuses them from this because um, the mobs had prevented it and because they had basically made some mistakes themselves, meaning the saints had. And so the Lord forgives them and excuses them for not building that temple at that time. But there will be a a temple coming and will be built in the land of Zion, Jackson County, Missouri. Um, And now as we've we've been going, I am going to skip over uh, the next bit and we're going to come back to the Oath and Covenant um, in the next uh, episode. So really that's going to be, I mean, the meat of it's in verses like 19 through 30 some odd. Uh, but there's also some that's worth noting earlier. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that in the next episode though. So let's jump ahead to verse 50. 
Uh, verse 50 says, And by this you may know, they are under the bondage of sin, because they come not unto me. For whoso cometh not unto me is under the bondage of sin. And whoso receiveth not my voice is not acquainted with me, acquainted with my voice, and is not of me. Hear him. I I can't help but uh, every time I study the scriptures, since President Nelson has um, invited us to hear the Lord and hear his voice, I can't help but see how many times that is echoed by past prophets in the scriptures and the voice of the Lord himself um, in as recorded in the scriptures. Hearing him is the first step to knowing him. And then as we come to know him, we can come unto him. And as we learned in these verses, as we come unto him, we will no longer be under the bondage of sin, but, but free. Uh, verses 54 through 57, repent and remember the Book of Mormon. That's the message of these verses. So remember that these, uh, the, the audience to whom this was originally dictated and when this was originally received, this revelation, were returning missionaries. But it applies to us. Uh, they are chastised for not valuing the Book of Mormon enough. They're chastised for not utilizing uh, the Book of Mormon enough. President Benson, in talking about the Book of Mormon, said, Brethren and sisters, I implore you with all my heart that you consider with great solemnity the importance of the Book of Mormon to you personally and to the church collectively. Over ten years ago, I made the following statement regarding the Book of Mormon. So here he quotes himself. Do eternal consequences rest upon our response to this book? Yes, either to your blessing or our condemnation. Every Latter-day Saint should make the study of this book a lifetime pursuit. Otherwise, he is placing his soul in jeopardy and neglecting that which could give spiritual and intellectual unity to his whole life. I reaffirm those words to you this day. Let us not remain under condemnation with its scourge and judgment by treating lightly this great and marvelous gift the Lord has given to us. Rather, let us win the promises associated with treasuring it up in our hearts. And more from President Benson. He said, grave consequences hang on our response to the Book of Mormon. Those who receive it, said the Lord, and faith and work righteousness shall receive a crown of eternal life. But those who harden their hearts in unbelief and reject it, shall, it shall turn to their own condemnation, for the Lord God has spoken it. Is the Book of Mormon true? Yes. Who is it for? Us. What is, what is its purpose? To bring men to Christ. How does, it, how does it do this? By testifying of Christ and revealing his enemies. How are we to use it? We are to get a testimony of it. We are to teach from it. We are to hold it up as a standard and hiss it forth. Have we been doing this? Not as we should, nor as we must. Do eternal consequences rest upon our response to this book? Yes, either to our blessing or condemnation. Every Latter-day Saint should make the study of this book a lifetime pursuit. The Book of Mormon is the key to conversion. I've seen it in my life. I saw it on my mission. If the Book of Mormon is true, and because the Book of Mormon is true, we can come to know that Joseph Smith was and is the prophet of the Restoration, and that the keys of the priesthood were restored. 
to the earth through him, and that they exist in the church of Jesus Christ today. The beautiful thing about the Book of Mormon, look, you need to get a testimony, a spiritual testimony of all of those things. But the Lord knows us. He knows men. He created us. What he gave us is a logical puzzle here. It's an if-then thing. If this is true, then this is true, then this is true, then this is true. And now you can't rely on this logical thing. You can't. But there is a beauty to this because there is a physical, temporal, and a spiritual to all things. And this is, there is no difference in, in, in understanding and coming to know the truth here. You find out one thing. You find out the Book of Mormon is true. Then reason can lead you to, the, to other things. And that reason should lead you, and that and understanding those things should lead you to your knees and praying to receive affirmation spiritually that they are true. But it all hinges on the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is true. I have a testimony of that. The Book of Mormon has changed my life and continues to change my life. As I study it every day, every day, every day, I learn, I grow. Even on days where I may not get some wow moment, there's something that I study that day that protects me, that lifts me up, that grants me greater protection and increased influence of the Spirit. As we move on through the Doctrine and Covenants here in section 84, um, verse 63 mentions the word apostles. He calls these men his apostles. But I do want to note, it's a little a, this is not the quorum of the twelve. An apostle, the word apostle, essentially means someone who is sent out, a representative sent out. These these men fit that description. They'd gone out, they were serving missions, they'd come back, and they, many of them would go back out again and, and preach the gospel again. Um, the Quorum of the Twelve uh, isn't organized until 1835, so just know that there is that difference here. Verses 80 through 85, the Lord tells us and teaches us that he supports his missionaries. And any man that shall go and preach this gospel of the kingdom and fail not to continue faithfully in all things shall not be weary in mind, neither darkened, neither in body, limb, nor joint, and hair of his head shall not fall to the ground unnoticed, and they shall not go hungry, neither thirsty. The Lord then repeats here uh, something that is very similar to uh, direction he gave his apostles, his followers in, in the New Testament. Um. But one thing I want to point out here is as we as we focus on building the kingdom of the Lord, as we focus on gathering Zion, gathering Israel and building Zion, the Lord will build our kingdom. Uh, visiting General Authority 70 um, to my mission told us something almost exactly along those lines. He said, if you focus on building the kingdom of the Lord, do you think that he will fail you in building your kingdom? Now he was talking to young missionaries about staying focused on their mission and not in their in what's to come after and their family life after and all that, right? 
but it applies here. Focus on building up the kingdom of the Lord, and the Lord will build your kingdom. And we'll have a mansion prepared for you and your heirs and your kingdom and your family. Um, the Lord also directs us, as he did his apostles of old here, not to worry about the, the you know our food. Now, this is specific direction to these missionaries, but I think there's something to learn here. Elder Ballard has taught us that when we lose sight of the eternal future, we can be in danger. Okay, but what Satan wants us to do is to look to the future, but not the eternal future. He wants us to live in the future and worry about what are we going to eat tomorrow? How are we going to be clothed? He wants us to get caught up in the what ifs and what if this happens and what if that happens. Or he wants us to live in the past in our regrets. He wants us to live, you know, wondering what could have been. But the Lord tells us to choose you this day whom you will serve. The Lord tells us to pray for your uh, daily needs. Grant us this day our daily bread. And so a quote from C.S. Lewis comes to mind. He said that the present is the point at which time touches eternity. The Lord wants us to be present. He wants us to focus on eternity, and those two things are related. Be here, be be here now, be present, but make choices with an understanding of where will this lead? What are the eternal consequences? Remember the eternal blessings that are waiting for you as you choose the right, which will make living here and now easier. It'll make the, the trials of life less daunting, maybe not undaunting, if that's a word, but less so. Final thought for this episode is that in uh, verses, verse 114, some cities are mentioned um, that, there's, that these men are supposed to go out to and teach uh, so that they are not destroyed. And these cities are New York, Albany, and Boston, Interesting to note, um, Wolford Woodruff and Brigham Young prophesied that these cities, these specific cities, New York, will be destroyed by an earthquake, Boston swept into the sea, and Albany destroyed by fire, um, and said, treasure up these words and forget them not. And then, So Wilford Woodruff said that, and then Brigham Young said, what Brother Woodruff has said is revelation and will be fulfilled. In a coming day, only those who have paid the price for priesthood power will be able to keep their families safe now and throughout eternity. Where will there be safety? Zion. Gather Israel, build Zion. That's the, that should be our, our utmost goal. And it doesn't always mean teaching, finding some non-member of the church and teaching them the gospel. Zion starts within the walls of your own home. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's a little long. I knew it's going to be, uh, still got to have the next episode to talk about the Oath and Covenant. 
again, I'm going to try to cram as much as I can without being too long-winded here. Um, but I hope you'll join me in the next episode as we discuss kind of the middle section of Section 84, and that is the Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood. Talk to you soon.